good, we're good to go. I'm just kidding. It's just me. What's up, y'all? And this is episode 18 of Steve Brogan Cortez Presents the Why the F Not Podcast. Hope you got your coffee, your got your drink, and your comfy, cozy, and ready to enjoy the show. Come on in, y'all. There you go. Okay. Ooh, episode 18. Welcome, y'all. Ooh, we got into some good stuff yesterday. Ooh, who knows what we're going to get into today? I like talking about the ego. I like breaking down the ego. Do y'all, do y'all worry about that? I'm going crazy. I'm going absolutely crazy over here in quarantine. I want to play pretend. I want to go on stage again with my friends. I want to Wanna, I just want to do fun stuff. What in the world is going on with the world? Um, yeah. Hi, y'all. How you doing? Got your cup of coffee? I got my cup of coffee because I'm what? Addicted. Yes. I can stop when I want. Don't, don't tell me what to do. All right, y'all. So let's see. The first sip of the episode. Well, that's a good time. That's a good time. All right, y'all. We're here. We're back. Um, holy crap, man. All those iPhone 12s came out. All those iPhone 12s. Still not as good as my <laughs> Galaxy Note 20 Ultra with my scumbag zoom mode. Y'all, have you seen? And I'm taking that term from, from Flossie. I think that's his name. He's a, he's a phone reviewer on the YouTubes. And, uh, and yeah, he calls it scumbag mode on this new zoom on the Galaxy Note 20 Ultra, because check it out. So the, the Note 20 Ultra, one of its three lenses it has, I believe it's a periscope lens, and a periscope lens runs parallel to to the phone's body. Like it, it's not stacked traditionally how we think lenses on a camera are stacked. This thing's built, built like, again, parallel right there next to the next to the phone long wise so that it can stretch and zoom further and it uses a, a mirror like a periscope to bounce the image off so it extends within the phone to zoom the lens can extend within the phone and it uses a mirror they weren't the first to use it though they were I think Oppo was the one plus plus one phone no was it that one Oh, so many phones out there. Oh, what are you rocking? You rocking the iPhone, y'all? Is that what you're rocking? iPhones are cool. iPhones are cool, but I feel like I don't know. Uh, they're not my. They're not my cup of tea. I just don't. I don't feel. I don't feel. What's the word? What's the word? I don't know. I just nothing attracts me to the iPhone. Like the iPhone just seems really simple, like too simple for me, and I'm like I can't do much with that. You don't let me do anything. I'm so sorry. Green and blue text bubbles. What if I wanted to be purple? What about yellow? What about maroon? I can do that on my Android. Oh my God. And now iPhone users finally have widgets. Welcome. Welcome to what we've always had. Widgets. Oh. But at the end of the day, who gives a shit? They're just phones. You rock what you rock. And if you have one, good. Good for you. Who gives a shit? Because at the end of the day, 
throw that phone away. They're listening to you. You don't need it. You don't need it. I mean, are they really listening to us through everything? I hear they're hearing you through your TVs now. I had no idea TVs had microphones in them. Why am I not doing voice commands? What a waste. Only for espionage. Oh, man. But uh, let's see. Let's do the daily check-in. You know what I wanted to talk about, too? I thought about this would be fun. I want to talk about movies that I enjoy that people normally don't enjoy. <laughs> because, okay, so if you know me and you're good friends with me, right? You've heard me talk about movies I like. You'll find out that, I mean, it doesn't take much for me to like a movie because I love movies. I love movies. Jack and Jill, Adam Sandler's Jack and Jill is the only one I feel very traumatized by. That was just, they got Al Pacino involved in that, man. <laughs> Doing some fucking uh, Dunkin' Donuts commercial stuff in it. I don't know. It was just, it was a, a weird move. But, um, no, nah, dude, I love all movies. And one movie in particular that seems to draw controversy amongst my friends is the Star Wars Episode 8. I believe it's, oh, God, I forgot what it's called. Episode 8, was it Last Jedi? I think it's the last Jedi. Let's check really quick. The second to last one, right? That's that's the second to last one. The last Jedi. The last Jedi. Yeah, the last Jedi. Yeah, this is it. With like the the salt planet and the red. Leia dies in it. No, I'm so sorry. Leia doesn't die. God rest her soul. Oh my God. My friend Brian's going to kill me. What's her name? Oh, my God. I'm not going to search this up. I'm just tired. The actor who played. Oh, my God. I just saw Debbie Reynolds, but that's her mom, right? Damn it. Wait. I got this. I got this. The actor who played Leia. Her name is. Oh, God. I don't want to Google it. I don't want to Google it. Uh, Carrie Fisher. Didn't Google it. Didn't Google it. My brain's waking up, y'all. Carrie Fisher. So, we're going to talk about The Last Jedi and why I thoroughly enjoyed the movie. So, The Last Jedi. Now, one of the scenes that people don't like, that I do like, not even the scenes, one of the aspects of the movie that people don't like, that I do like, I love Luke in this movie. I love him. He's a bitter, broken man. I love it. He throws the lightsaber away. He pushes he pushes Ray away because he doesn't want to train her because he's scared. He is a broken, scared man. Not some not some fearless Jedi warrior who's like, "Yeah, I'm going to save the day. No big deal, sure." Nah, they made him they humanized him and I loved that. I love that they humanized him. I love that they gave him depth. They gave him range with his emotions. Like, hey, he's not just hopeful. He's not just whiny. He can also be a broken man who's scared and doesn't like to do what he wants to do because he's just fucking scared. Because, come on, we've all been there. 
So I love when he throws the fucking Jedi, the Jedi, the lightsaber away. I loved when, when he, uh, you know, what I didn't love. I didn't love when he squirted that milk into his mouth. Ugh, hated that. I just wonder, like, what was, what was his, what was his like, his mind? What was going through his mind while he was sucking on that weird alien teat, and just got a squirt of that blue milk into his mouth? Was it warm? Was it cold? Was it textured? Was it just smooth? Those are questions I think about. Okay. Last Jedi also. So, wait, hold up. Let me see if I can find reasons why. Let's see. Ready? Let's see. Let's see. We're gonna see reasons. Reasons why. Hold up. Reasons why we hate the Last Jedi. Let's see the five main reasons why I hate the Last Jedi, from geeks and gamers. Let me see. Let's see what the five reasons are. And the first one is. Let's see. I hate The Last Jedi. I didn't like The Force Awakens either, but this one is so bad. So insulting to even the most casual Star Wars fan. First off, how is it insulting? How the fuck do you let a film insult you as a fan? Get your ego in check. The fuck? It's insulting to even the most casual Star Wars fan. So flagrantly disinterested in complimenting anything that came before it actually diminishes the immediate predecessor. I know there are plenty of people, even big Star Wars fans, who disagree with me. Yeah, you're fucking stupid. Ty blah, 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 had a great discussion about why the movie works so well for them, but unlike The Force Awakens, my company here isn't small. There are a good number of folks who plum don't like The Last Jedi. Tell me why. Number one, it's another remake. They did it again. After all the excuses, although they had to reintroduce Star Wars into a new generation, apologizing all the assurances that we would, okay, blah, 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 blah. they're just saying that's just another remake. Wait, where is it? Come on. Force Awakens got all nostalgia out of the franchise system. Episode 8 is yet another re- retread, uh, retread, retread, retread of an entry in the original trilogy. This time, the Empire Strikes Back. They pull some tricks to try to disguise. What they're doing. Scenes happen in a different order. Cosmetic changes occur. And moments ripped from a new... I'm so sorry. What? No. How is this? A New Hope, Return of the Jedi are sprinkled in as well. But make no mistake. This is The Empire Strikes Back. Read... What? How is this The Empire Strikes Back? Read... Like... Oh. Okay. Let's see. The young hero goes to a distant planet to learn from a Jedi master... But she's not going to just any Jedi. She's going to Luke Skywalker. But when she meets him, it's not like Yoda. Luke's not like playing games with her and not being like, hey, I'm not Luke. I'm just kidding. I'm just some regular guy. No, she knows it's Luke. She's going to go see Luke. She's not going to go see some like mysterious Jedi teacher. She's going to go see Luke Skywalker. She's looking for Luke Skywalker. That's different. (laughs) Uh, Whatever. Let's see. Let's see. Um, The young hero goes to a distant planet. From a Jedi Master, where she enters a cave and faces down her greatest fears, which involves the bad guy who wears all black. I mean, yeah, and there's a reason why the bad guy who wears all black wears all black, because he is an entitled little boy who has these feelings, doesn't know how to control them, no one ever guided him on how to control these feelings, so he just has outbursts, and he's trying so hard, and that's why I love Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren is fucking awesome, because he is a bad guy who's fighting not to be good. 
the entire time you see him trying so hard to be in the dark side he wants to be evil he wants to and i'm just like ooh but see the fact that he wants to be evil that's not the interesting part the interesting part is that there's still good in him and it's hard for him to be evil and you see him breaking like killing his father seeing his mother die like those things start breaking his fucking soul Maybe it's because of the trauma he experienced with Luke. See? And Luke's actions were all fear-based. I don't know. You know, if this is an Empire Strikes Back redo, then maybe we'll have a reaction just like a reaction change to this movie as they did with Empire Strikes Back. We're going to come back. We're going to come back. Let me see. First impressions of Empire Strikes Back. Let me see if I can find any of this. Here we go. Ready? First impressions. No, no, no. For let me see. What did the original? Let me see. No. I want to see what were the first reviews of Empire Strikes Back. First reviews of Empire Strikes. Cause just just bear with me, y'all. Bear with me. Let's see. Critical opinion. Um, there is no sense that this ebullient, youthful saga is running thin in imagination or that it has begun to depend excessively on its marvelous special effects. This, that it is in, an, uh, that it is in, in any danger, in short, of stiffening its mannerism or, e or mere billion-dollar style. The Arctic version of the desert chase from Raiders. By far the most imaginative part of Star Wars trilogy, this middle bridging film is chained to, uh, uh, to an unresolved plot and doesn't have the leaping comic book uh, hedonism of the 1977 Star Wars, but you can feel the love of magic. See, people were criticizing the shit out of Empire Strikes Back. They were criticizing the shit out of it, and it was only the second movie. But... Want to know something? Empire Strikes Back is my favorite Star Wars film. I think it's the coolest one. We find out the truth about Luke, about his father. It ends in a fucked up way. We don't end happy. This this story doesn't end happy. Luke loses his hand. I think we lost Han, right? We lost Han. He's freaking carbon frozen. We don't know what's happening with him. They leave us with the gnarly... Oh, and then, and then we get that huge betrayal at the end of the movie in Cloud City. That huge betrayal, and we get our, our, our we get a cool look at um at Boba, no Boba Fett yeah Boba Fett, Django no Django Fett Boba, Boba Django was the father I think I could be wrong, but anyways, that's just my point. People didn't like Empire Strikes Back, but now they love it. But now these people are saying this person here in this review is saying that it's just another remake. Okay, let's see. There's a battle on a white planet with AT-AT walkers converging on a rebel base and the main character characters escape in the face of overwhelming odds. It ends with the good guys on the ropes gathered together on a spaceship after a loss but ready to keep fighting. Give me a break. Excuse me? That's not what happened at the end. At the end... At the end, the resistance was, yes, on a fucking white planet, but it wasn't, it was salt. It wasn't snow, it was salt. And yes, we had ATAT walkers or whatever, but 
they weren't attacked. They were just fu- they were there threatening, and they looked fucking rad. But they were there just charging, and they had this huge like they had a cannon that was basically a a Death Star laser kill cannon. They just had it on wheels just to bring it up and be like, "Hey, we're just gonna we're just gonna ram your door open with this Death Star laser. No big deal. Just can you just can you just get out of the way?" And what happens? What happens? The resistance is trying to fight off the first order. They send a signal for help, thinking the, the the hope they can still have hope for this, and no one's coming. No one's coming. Oh my god! And then not to talk about Poe's character arc in this movie. Poe was such an arrogant man in this movie, and I loved it because it was it's a good. It's a good, it's a good, uh, it's a good, um, it's a good call out on that air. And I'm not going to call it toxic masculinity. Let's have a new word for it. Masculinity that's arrogant. Or just good old fashioned being arrogant, you know, arrogantness, you know, just being completely just arrogant and hard headed. That was Poe. He thought he knew the answers. He knew he had how to do it all. Uh, And come on, what's her face? Um, Oh, what was her name with the purple hair? Let me see. General Star Wars purple hair sacrifice. Oh my god, Haldo, Admiral Haldo. Dude, she was so rad. She and, and it sucks that she was only a a one movie character because she had a great story arc. Not even a story arc, but she had a great back like background story when they when they in the book for Leia when Leia was in school. Haldo went like Haldo grew up with Leia. Holder grew up with her. They went to the same academies. They, 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 they were both trained to be, to be generals, to be leaders, to be soldiers. They were both trained in the same way. Um, and the fact that Poe is so disrespectful to her is mind-boggling. Like, what, what are you doing? She is, like, she was vice admiral. Was that her rank, General Holdo? That she, I forgot what her rank was. But like, when Poe comes in demanding that he knows the plan of what's going to happen demanding it from the like dude like if that were to happen in our navy some pilot rushing into the the main deck of a ship going to the like vice admiral whatever the highest rank of a of a naval ship is but can you imagine like is that even that's not a fucking thing if i were to talk to someone in the navy right now and be like hey would this be possible to happen like especially during times of war and crisis, like if you're in the middle of a crisis, like what what would happen? What would happen to this this pilot who just comes barging in, demanding he knows the plan, not listening to his to his superior officer? Come on, that person would get court-martialed. That curse, that person would get punished in some way. They would be like there'd be retribution for those actions, right? But Poe gets none. Poe he 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 ensues a mutiny. Fucking kidding me? He ins- he fucking gets a, a fucking coup to throw over Holdo, and then that's when Leia gets up and she goes, "You dumb piece of shit!" And you know, and just like blah, blah, just paralyzes him, set the lays the phasers to stun. Right? I know I'm backtracking, but I'm just remembering everything I love about this movie. But anyways, so Poe, Poe was fucking an idiot in this movie. And I love that he learned from his mistakes after Haldo's sacrifice, after they get to the to the salt planet. He learned, OK, fuck, we can't just go in and and think we can just lose everything we have and fight with all we got and 
not think about the casualties, not think about that. You need to think about everyone else, Poe. I know you're a brave pilot, a brave soldier, and that's commendable. But don't be stupid. Don't be stupid. Like the beginning of the movie, Leia says, like, 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 sure, he did destroy the that that nasty destroyer thing, but we lost a lot of lives. So it's like, so it's like Poe, like, you can't be so nonchalant about this. But I love Poe. I do love Poe. Really wish him and him and Finn were a thing. Did you guys know about that? Did you know that originally in episode nine? Poe and Finn were supposed to come about of having, like, you know, being more than friends. That would have been hella cute because they were acting like a fucking married couple in the, in, the third, in, the, in the third movie. Bickering back and forth. It was really cute, man. I really fucking wish they did that, but they pussied out, man. Excuse me for saying that, but Disney bitched out. Disney bitched out because they were, I don't know if they were trying to make China happy or what, but... They bitched out and they didn't do it. Who knows why they changed the script? And you know what? That happens all the time. Not the oppression of of gay characters in film. That probably happens too. But rewrites. Rewrites in movies probably happen all the time. And it's like, you know, people are in charge. They want to rewrite the movie, I guess. They want to reshoot or whatever. I don't know. It's not my job. I'm not in charge. You're not in charge. They're in charge, right? So are we just going to be pissed off at what they changed? Or are we just going to enjoy what we got? Because you can be pissy, but nothing's going to happen. You can bitch and moan about how much you hate this movie, but then you're just making yourself miserable and probably causing yourself wrinkles on your face. That's all I think about. It's like, oh, you're getting stress lines. Relax. Enjoy the movie. Can you smile and get smile creases on your face instead? Instead of scowling the entire time. Um, let's see. Should I just take... Ooh, ooh hold up. Ooh. A little this, this, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of this, and a little bit of that, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Hold up, y'all. Getting myself accustomed, not accustomed, being, no, I'm stupid. Just getting myself nice and cozy here. There you go. Um, Let's continue about Star Wars, though. What else do I love about it? You know what? I'm going to read this article, and they're gonna, and I'm going to go off what they're saying. And I'm going to be like, no, that's, I love that. Okay, do you really think making the planet covered in salt instead of snow will trick us into thinking it isn't just a low-rent version of Hoth? <sighs> are they slightly, are the slightly curved feet of the walker supposed to be enough to differentiate? Yes, it's, it's time has changed. They've adapted. Have you seen tanks from the World War II? They kind of look like our tanks that we have now, but they're, we're, they're better now. They're reinforced. They have a slightly different change, but they look the same. So, of course, the First Order, using Imperial weapons, would you, they, they would look the same. And they went to the Salt Planet just because they went to the Salt Planet. And come on, it looked so cool when they're driving on those like old school speeders or whatever. And they're just dragging on the, on the surface of the planet. And you see the red coming out. Dude, that was pretty to watch. That was really pretty to watch. Let's see. Is DJ being a lowly prisoner instead of the leader of the city meant to convince us he's not fulfilling the same purpose as Lando Carissian? Is DJ being a lowly prisoner instead of a leader of the city? Who's DJ? I forgot how DJ was. Is Luke's hesitance to teach Ray such a big twist that we'd that we're to applaud them for not re uh, reusing the Luke Yoda dynamic? No, like what? Well, I mean, what? 
Luke's hesitance to teach to teach Ray is all fear based. He's scared to teach her. Yoda didn't want to teach Luke because Yoda was thinking he's too old to learn. What are you doing? He he can't learn. He's too old. He's too hard headed. He he didn't he didn't think that Luke could do it just because it was too far past to start his training now. Yoda wasn't scared to teach Luke because he because Luke because Yoda was scared that Luke would become evil like his father. No. But Luke was scared to teach Ray the ways of the Force because of what happened with Ben. So it makes sense why he's hesitant. It makes sense why he's all sarcastic and he's an asshole. There's a picture right now they have in the review of when Ray's meditating on the rock and Luke's fucking with her. And he's like, he's like do you feel the Force? Reach your hand out. Do you feel the Force? And he has like a little, a little stick and he's tickling her hand. And she's like, I feel it. I feel the Force. I feel it. And it's like... He's fucking with her. He doesn't. He's not taking this completely seriously. But then, when he sees that she's, you know, going into her mind and she's, you know, looking within her for the force, and that she started going into that dark place, that scared the shit out of her. Ooh, that scared the shit out of him. I'm sorry, him. Not even her. She's not scared. But see, the only reason why Ben got pushed to where he got pushed to was because Luke projected his fears and his insecurities onto Ben, and then Ben didn't. I mean, that's fucking, that's childhood, right? That's his childhood for a lot of us millennials. Boomers put fucking pressure on us, and they put all this insecurity and stuff on us because they didn't know what the fuck was going on. They didn't know how to communicate it. So they just projected it onto us. And now we're just like, why do we have all this anxiety, and why are we so scared? Oh, because they put it on me. It's not me. That's what Ben had to realize. He's like, this fear and insecurity isn't me. It was just Luke. Luke was scared I was going to be evil. But he, but Ben was a boy. Anyways. Is Luke's hesitant? This is what I mean when I say this movie has contempt. Has contempt for its audience. We're expected to buy that this is something completely new. I mean, it is. It is something completely new. I don't know how you think this is Empire Strikes Back. They're different movies, different characters. I mean, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, the the live-action Lion King movie that came out? We can say that that's a, that's a, that's a copy. Because that's a shot-for-shot shot copy of the Lion King. But this is a sequel, okay? But anyways, let's see. Moreover, the repurposed, the repurposed scenes and storylines are all lazily executed. The Hoth battle has nothing inventive. The ATTs, nothing inventive? Wait, first off, why'd you call it Hoth? See, that's just your fault. That's your perception of it. It's not Hoth. Anyways, has, no, has nothing inventive? Excuse me. Nothing inventive? Luke Skywalker walks out of the cave and faces down the first order by himself with a laser sword goes off what's his fit what is this i'm so sorry i'm getting a call from thailand it's interesting hello hi am i getting a call from thailand some guy trying to sell me water or something. I don't know. I didn't want to be mean. Never be mean to those people, y'all. They're just working. They're just trying to get a job done. It's fuck. It's a weird job. All right. I don't want to do it. So why be mean to them? Anyways. Wait. How far are we on this? How, okay. We're not that far. Um. But anyways. So Luke stands out there 
and cute little Ben Solo, Mr. Kylo Ren, fires, orders all the walkers to fire on him. And Luke is just unscathed. It's so badass. Come on. Like, okay, so I was watching The Shining the other day, right? This has a point, I swear. And what I was, okay, so what I love about The Shining is that movies like that, just like movies like from that time period in general, like I just feel like we're missing, contemporary films are missing that non-spectacle-fueled dialogue. Non-spectacle-fueled dialogue where it's just life. For example, in The Shining, when Jack is going in to get interviewed for the job at the hotel. It's fucking gorgeous. He like the shot is him walking. It's just a regular shot. It's like this so it's, 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 you can paint the picture. The camera shows full body of Jack walking into the lobby of the hotel. We're following him, no cuts yet. Following him talking to the receptionist. He asks her a question about where the interview is if they're waiting for him. He says, "Yes, right. Th- go down that way." And then we follow Jack, no cut yet. We follow Jack to the office. He sits down. We see the the head guy of the hotel talking to the secretary. Conversation ensues a little bit. No cut. We're just seeing life happen. I miss that. I want that. I want more of that. I need to see it's possible. I'm putting it out into the world. I wanna I wanna make something like that. I wanna make movies. I'm going to make movies where it's the beauty of real life and we don't need spectacle all the time or continuous cuts to, to, to keep us enthralled or to let, like, I feel, I feel manipulated sometimes with film cuts with like certain edits when it's like cutting from back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. I'm like, what are you trying to make me feel right now? Stop it. Let me watch this life happen. One of the best films ever made. I think one of my favorite films of all time is a film called All About Eve. So good. The story of the film itself with relating to the actors and like Betty Davis and her connection with the story and how so okay, first off, so Betty Davis, phenomenal actor back in the day from the golden age of Hollywood or the silver age. Or we call it the silver age. I don't fucking know, but Betty Davis is amazing. If you don't know her, it's cool. Don't worry about it. Google the picture of her. You look at her face, you're like, oh, I've seen pictures of her, like probably like cartoon photos of her. She's a very iconic face. Um, but Betty Davis in this movie plays an actor who is at the end of her career, at the end of her career. And then this new girl named Eve pops up and there's drama ensues and it's fucking phenomenal. But anyway, Betty Davis, before this movie was about, before this movie was filmed, she was like, she wanted the part. I, I think she wanted the part. Yeah, I think I forgot the story was, but. Exactly, but she wanted the part. They didn't want to give it to her because she was actually at the tail end of her career at this point. They wanted to give the role to some other performer, but that person didn't happen. So they were like, let's just give it to Betty. So Betty took that role and ended up winning an Oscar and I think reigniting her reigniting her career, which is pretty rad. Um... Where was I going with this? Sorry. The fam bam woke up and I get distracted because I see little feeties walking around and like little, this li- you hear the little nail. Hi. Hi, little guy. Papa's recording. 
Oh, my little, my little, my little puppies. Um, but that movie, one of my favorite parts is there's a scene where Betty Davis comes down from her staircase and the shot literally, like, there's choreography when it comes to the camera work. It's beautiful because the camera follows her from up the staircase, down the staircase, to the smoking slash living room. Conversation ensues there and there's like a couple cuts here and there like after that, but I miss long shots where I feel like I'm just following life happen. I miss that. Well, anyways, this movie had a lot of simple, not, not Star, Star Wars. It didn't have a lot of simplicity, but it did make it simple when it came to that final battle. Cause come on. So Luke gets blasted, right? He gets blasted. And then unscathed. I need some coffee. Unscathed. And then Kylo Ren goes after him to fight him. And while he's fighting him, there's a couple cool things. Very cool little details. Because while Kylo is fighting Luke, he is leaving footprints on planet Hoth. It's not Hoth. It's salt. He's leaving footprints on the salt. He's leaving marks on the salt. Luke doesn't. It's so cool. A good reason to rewatch it. Rewatch that fight. Luke doesn't leave any like any footprints, any markings on the ground because it's like you know it's letting you know what's to come. Anyways, Luke doesn't strike him once with the lightsaber. He just dodges him, and just the ultimate Jedi fighter. You know, not fight. Just like be like water. And when Kylo finally hits him and stabs him, when he hits him. We find out he's just a force projection. He's a he, he force projected himself from another planet. I'm so sorry. When did that happen in, in, in Empire Strikes Back? When did that happen? And for those who are saying, "Oh, you had to make up a new power so that they could do this and that," why are you making up new powers for Star Wars? That that wasn't canon, dude. So many things weren't canon in Star Wars until they did them. Okay, so many cool little powers weren't canon. We didn't fucking know about force lightning. We know about taking life away we didn't know about there's time traveling in star wars did you know that there's time traveling no we didn't know that there well there is i was hoping that'd be a thing in, in the last film but anyways luke force projects himself ends up killing himself because that is a technique that drains your whole life force apparently i guess it's just so it's such an intense ability that your body is just no i'm done tap out i'm going to the force baby bye he did that and then and then and then after he does that we get a shot of luke overlooking his view at his cave and we see two sons we see two sons we see luke skywalker looking out at two sons and why is that so beautiful? And why is that shaking me? Because let's remember the first movie we saw Luke in, A New Hope. When he was on Tatooine, outside his uncle's house and aunt. Rest in peace, y'all. But that's a really cool scene of a young man, of a young boy, not knowing what his future is, looking out into the distance, wondering, what am I supposed to do? What's my part in this world? How many times have we felt like that, y'all? How many? Th- I mean, I still 
fucking feel like that right now during all this corona shit. But yeah, we see a young man, a young boy, looking out into the distance, just wondering what my place in this universe is. What am I supposed to do? So full of wonder, so full of maybe a little fear, but like just wonder and, ex- and, and just and excitement. And we end with Luke in episode eight with him staring out to two sons again. But not as a boy wondering what his place in the world is, but as a man accepting who his pl- what his place in this world was and finding peace and being content with that. Dude, talk about a brilliant story arc for, for Luke Skywalker, in my opinion. In my opinion, that is a, the most relatable, down-to-earth, story arc for such a spectacle of a character so i don't know about you i love me some flawed characters i love characters that's why i love kylo i'm so sorry a character that just wants to be evil for evil's sake that's cool kind of boring a character that that's good just because it's the right thing to do Mm, whatever but luke being the Good guy, apparently the best guy, right? He's our hero. He's Luke Skywalker, savior, savior of the universe. But nah, homie's got fear. Homie's got insecurities. Homie's got doubt. And he pushes people away, pushes everyone away, isolated himself. How many times have you isolated yourself because you're feeling scared, you're feeling insecure, and you don't want to deal with shit right now. You don't want to deal with your responsibilities. You don't want to deal with what you could do. All that just goes out the window. But when Luke's sitting out there after he force projected himself and he finds that peace, he's like, honestly, he, it's like the story. Is it the story of the Buddha? The story of the Buddha who sat, he sat under a tree for like a long ass time, for a long ass time, right? And then like, and then after that, he found, when he found peace under the tree, he found enlightenment. That's what it seemed like. It seemed like. Luke found his peace, found his enlightenment, and then was able to transcend into the force. I don't think he was going to be able to do that unless he did that. I mean, look at Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan, well, first off, Obi-Wan's character, at least in episodes four and five, I think he's a manipulative bastard. Honestly, all the Jedi are manipulative. If I've learned anything from all these movies is that the Jedi weren't perfect. The Jedi aren't perfect. Like, they're basically part of the reason why episodes one, two, three, like, why it led to war. They're basically the reason why. They're the reason why Darth Vader came to be. The Jedi Order was the reason why Darth Vader was born. Because if they... Okay. Little Annie. Little Anakin. He comes up. Qui-Gon Jinn's like, this boy has talent. There's shit in his blood that makes him powerful. I like it. Let's train him. And everyone's like, no, he's too young. Like, they just straight up saying, no, he's too young. He can't do it. Even though, like, yeah, you saved him from slavery. Yeah, he had hope. Yeah, whatever. His mom wants to help his mom. He's too old. We can't train him. Fuck him. That sucks. That sucks to hear. Poor little Anakin. But then, Qui-Gon dies. And we're like, all right, who should be this little boy's teacher? Obi-Wan Kenobi. Oh, you can do it. Sure. Yeah. Go ahead. You promised your master? That's fine. And what happens after that? What happens episodes two and three? 
Anakin grows up, he has emotions, and they tell him to repress them. What? They tell him to, like, if, 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 if Anakin was able to just tell Obi-Wan, hey, I know I'm not allowed to, but I'm really in love with Padme. There's something special there. I'm in love. And if only Obi-Wan could have been like, all right, my friend, you're in love with her. Well, let's figure this out. Let's figure this out, okay? Let's figure out what we can do with the Jedi Council. If you're in love, you're in love. We can't fight that. But, like, that's a push, Jim. The fact that they didn't give him that, that, that chance. Whoa, that chance. And that's what pushed Annie to the edge. I think that's what put, made him go evil, honestly. If the Jedi were just like, hey, no worries, man. You in love? That's fine. Oh, my God, you're having dreams? You're having dreams about the future, about people dying? That's terrifying. You have fear in your heart? Let's, let's help you guide. Let's, help you, let, let's teach you how to guide yourself through that fear. And let's not repress that fear. Okay? Because we don't want you to become some sort of like evil dictator overlord. Right? We don't want that. Too late. Darth Vader. Well, anyways... Um, let's see. Um, bu- 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 bum. even the recreations of la- let me see, even the shot recreations lack any power. For example, they replicate the rebel looking, looking at the approaching ATT walkers through a pair of binoculars. This was an excellent moment from the Empire Strikes Back, dripping with dread and tension at the ragtag Rebel Alliance. Looked upon the behemoths. That would bring about the dest- their destruction. All that same shot evokes in The Last Jedi is the bread and butter of these new movies. Nostalgia. Instead of fearing the raw power of the Empire, we're stuck with remembering this same moment from a much, much better movie. Again, people didn't like Empire Strikes Back when it, gets, when, when, when it first came out. But now people fucking love it. Why? Because it was the first of its kind. People right now like... Ugh. And the rub. When you rely on callbacks of the past, you have nothing to make your new movie worthwhile. Two, it all but ignores The Force Awakens. Completely uninterested in the film, it's actually following. The Force Awakens sets up series of mysteries. Too many for my taste, but the same. Yeah. The Jedi either answer them, Last Jedi either answers them unsatisfactorily or just pretends they don't exist. For, ex- for people who like Episode 7, I can't imagine this movie is the least bit satisfying why not one of the biggest unexplained elements of the force awakens was the political situation in the original trilogy no further explanation were needed an empire had taken over okay first off i love that they brought up the political situation okay let's check it out okay something i loved about star wars is that these movies have been pretty pretty good when it comes to representing the time period they were made theme wise you better not bark milo you better not bark i love you stretch so the first trilogy episodes four five and six were all about standing up against the man and rebelling because that was that come on we had civil rights was right out like came out in the 70s right civil rights in the 60s star wars came out in the 70s we're all trying to be like stand up against the man fuck the man Basically, Star Wars episode, that was episodes four, five, and six. Fuck the man, man. You know, the Empire. Take down the Empire, dude. Episodes one, two, and three. Capitalism. 
that's all that, that that's what that's exactly what what, what the uh, the separatists were the, the 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 droid army and stuff. It was all about capitalism, about expanding, expanding the trade empire, because that's what it's all about, baby. Money. That's all they were trying to build. And now we get to episode seven, eight, nine, seven, eight, nine, my friends. Again, very, uh, very eye opening because. I mean, I feel like we live in a time where we're waking up and, and seeing that it's not all black and white, especially when it comes to politics. There's, you know, gray areas. One of my favorite moments in episode 789 is with Benicio Del Toro. I believe it was Benicio Del Toro in um, episode 8 or 9 when they're in... No, it's episode 8 when they're in the casino planet. And uh, I remember him talking about... What was it? What was it? He was talking about... The different, the different, uh, the different ships they're selling, right? And he was telling them that, yeah, I sell, I sell ships to the first order, and I sell ships to the, uh, oh, it's okay, uh, and he sells ships to the first order, and he sells ships to, uh, to the to the rebels, to the resistance. And he said, "Good guys, bad guys, man, doesn't matter. I'm just long as I get paid." And see, that's why I loved the casino planet scene in Last Jedi. At first, I didn't like it. I thought it was really stupid. I, I was like, why are we here for so long? But it was important because in the casino planet, in the casino planet, for the first time, we see the rich of the rich in Star Wars. Because so far, we've seen slaves. You know, we've seen royalty. We've seen, you know, armies. We've seen the military backgrounds of people. We've seen military lifestyles. We've seen, uh, we've seen regular folk. But we have not seen yet the rich of the rich. Like the rich of the rich in our world here. On our planet Earth. The 1% that control everything. The 1% that control all the little coups in other countries across the waters just because they want more, more raw materials. Lithium. You know, and that's what's going on right now. That's exactly what's going on right now. So that's why I love episode seven, eight, nine. And like politically, they kind of run hand in hand to what we're going through right now. And I also think that give it time. I think people are going to be in love with Last Jedi the same way they're in love with Empire Strikes Back nowadays. Give it time. Mark my words. Mark my words, boy. Mark them well. I'm obsessed with the Matrix still. But anyways. That was a good episode. I feel good about this. Um, we'll talk later more about movies. I love movies too. Why not, right? Um, let's see. Shout outs. We have some shout outs being called out for. If you want a shout out, just message me at the podcast's email at gmail.com. Uh, the famous Bella Gill, one of our fans. Shout out, Bella. Uh, thank you for listening. And, uh, and hey, y'all, don't forget. You're enough. You're more than enough. It's amazing how enough you are. All right, y'all? All right. Bye.